Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and I hope you were able to listen to our last episode. I talked with John Freiler, a member care manager, and we talked just the day before he deployed to Ukraine with the Disaster Assistance Response Team. Well, today you get to hear from another Disaster Assistance Response Team member who is serving as a doctor. And one of our team members, Melissa Strickland, she is the Senior Director of Communications, and she's a vital team member of our podcast team. She is with the DART, and she has a podcast mic and has been talking to so many of our staff um, and also the Ukrainian people, our church partners. And we're excited to bring you more um, episodes and interviews in the future. But today, we're going to share a conversation she had with Dr. Steve Hagen. And many of you know him personally. He has been one of the primary doctors at our on-site Wake Forest Clinic here at Samaritan's Purse headquarters in Boone. And he's now serving on this disaster assistance response team, help, helping to assist both with the emergency field hospital and the clinic near the train station in Lviv, Ukraine. And so I hope you'll enjoy hearing his heart and what he's seeing on the ground there as he ministers. So I'm here in the trauma tent at the emergency field hospital, and I am standing in front of my doctor um, and the doctor of so many of us at Samaritan's Purse, um, Dr. Steve Hagen, and um, who showed up here. Um, and we were all so thrilled to see him because we know the quality of care that he gives. And just thought I'd um, take a minute, Dr. Hagen, and ask you, first of all, why did you come? Why did you come here? Well, I think like a lot of people, I just came because it was uh, a priceless opportunity to just serve the Lord and um, be there for people that are in their darkest hours. And it's been everything I kind of imagined it would be. You don't say hope it would be because you don't hope that other people um, suffer. But it's uh, been great to work with the people I get to work with here and just love on the Ukrainian people at the train station clinic. That's where I'm assigned, and, and it's been a great crew to work with and wonderful people. So before you came over, I'm sure you were watching the news and saw the situation here in Ukraine, um, which, of course, moved all of our hearts, and that's, you know, one of the reasons we're here. But also, um, from, a, from the perspective of, of a doctor, did you feel... Just, I mean, when that when you see something like that, do you just feel this overwhelming urge, like I could help them? I've I've got to get there. I think that's a big part of it, and for the people at Wake Forest to be so flexible and without a second thought, give me a leave of absence, uh, that was a huge blessing. But when you just see the throngs of people and um, mothers with their children because their husbands can't come, um, people with pets, people that are dragging whatever possessions they felt strong enough to carry. Um, I think a lot of people were just moved to be here if it was at all possible. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, I think, I think that's true. Did you feel any, um, any concern about coming? I mean, you're, we, we all just, we walked into basically a conflict zone. I mean, granted, we're not right at the front lines, but we have air raid sirens. We have, you know, they have bombed just outside of the city. And, um, you know, what, what, what was going through your mind in thinking, well, I'm going to go there, even even though it's dangerous. 
Well, Scripture talks about this peace that passes all understanding, and I didn't feel and still haven't felt uh, a moment of anxiety, even when the air raid siren goes off and our whole team has to pack up and go down on the lower concourse at the train station, which is the bomb shelter. Um, Anxiety is one of the things that I'm not feeling. You feel a lot of compassion. You feel um, a little bit of anger. But fear is not an emotion that I've had to deal with. So talk about, you're doing the night shift at the train station. Um, what, what has that been like? What, is, what are you seeing there um, in those overnight hours? Uh, the first couple of nights, we were just seeing a lot of mothers who brought in a child with a fever or a child with a bad cough. I think they just needed reassurance. Um, we've seen a few of the kind of the long-term denizens of the train station in uh, in Lviv uh, but they also you know they need the love of Christ as much as anybody else a lot of them have kind of chosen to live there rather than any place else uh, so we're getting to know those people the the Ukrainian firefighters and first responders that also spend time in the middle of the night out in that plaza we've gotten to know them they, they look after us. When we go to the bomb shelter, they stay out there in the open and they kind of keep an eye on our tent and our equipment and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's the kind of stuff that you would expect to see. I think the day shift sees a lot more of the, the big excitement because there are more trains coming through during the day. I think people feel more comfortable approaching the tent during daylight hours. We try to be as welcoming as po- as we possibly can be, um, and our interpreters have been phenomenal. They're believers, and they do a beautiful job of translating prayers to our patients. So, you know, um, <clears throat> so a few evenings ago, um, it was during an air raid actually, and I was down in in the tunnel, um, and one of the interpreters said something that just touched me about that train station little train station clinic and she said when the people come in they have one face when they leave they have a different face would you say that that's what you see as well that they come in and they're they have one face they're coming right off the trains they're tired and shocked and whatever else and what does that transformation look like it's just it's very reassuring to know that the holy spirit works in that setting. And I think that's the transformation that you see. Uh, People were not expecting somebody to offer to pray with them. They were expecting a diagnosis, maybe a treatment, maybe just a pat on the back. Uh, But when, uh, when they really feel the love of Christ coming through the people that are caring for them there, it's a tremendous surprise, but it's a pleasant surprise. And they do walk out just with a light in their eyes that wasn't there when they walked in through the door. And I hear our heat going on, which is good. Because <laughs> this is a very cold place. This is not a place you come uh, for comfort. Um, even now, you're not at the train station clinic yet, but we're standing in a parking garage. It's very, very cold. It's um, damp and dark and um, you, it's not an easy place to come, um, but yet, yet you're here. So, so um, each day when you get up, 
and you're the night shift, so you get up later in the day. Um, what's the first thing you're thinking about, you know, the day ahead as you're facing challenges? I think just hoping and trusting that the Lord will equip everybody on our team with the tools that we need to take care of the people that are going to be in front of us that day, that we're going to encourage each other, uh, that we're going to encourage uh, even even our drivers and some of the, some of the people that are, are in and out of our lives here, but hopefully we're able to have a positive influence on them. I, I don't really think about uh, inconvenience or... Honestly, the cold here compared to the cold in Wisconsin is, is sort of, eh. <laughs> Really? Because I think it's ridiculously cold. Maybe I need a consultation because I, I have been cold from the minute I stepped off the plane here and I have not gotten warm since. But, um, but maybe I'm just, that's the stuff I've made, <laughs> made of. Um, is there a scripture or um, something that you know that you think about, a prayer that you pray, or a certain thing from God's word that um, that you kind of is your core while you're here? Uh, I think Psalm 91 is has been a great comfort. Um, I had a couple of cousins email me things about Psalm 91 because it was their dad's. Um, favorite scripture when he was fighting in Korea um, and then Matthew 25 and just as you've done unto the least of these you've done unto me and as you're at the train station at night you're seeing the least of these and they weren't two weeks ago right or whatever it was a month ago or six weeks ago these were not the least of these but yet now they they are and um, it just shows that it could be any of us at any moment. I don't think uh, we're, we're never promised that our lives are going to be easy. And we hope that we don't have to be faced with that reality the way the people of Ukraine have. But it's amazing to see people that were probably farmers. They may have been homeless before the conflict, and they're certainly homeless now. But you also see people walking through that concourse that are very well-dressed and towing a nice piece of luggage behind them and maybe wearing a faux fur coat and some makeup. And and it's really a cross-section of not just Ukrainian society, but I think any society uh, in the West and the world today. And now those people with that nice luggage, that's all they have is that nice piece of luggage and whatever is inside of that nice piece of luggage. and. It just to see that desperate loss in a moment and like you said it's almost all women and children as well and these are they've had to say goodbye to the men in their lives their husbands and sons and fathers and not know if they'll ever see them again and for me that lays really heavy um, that lays really heavy to know that these families are being torn apart and um, you know, as a dad yourself, uh, that's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah, having two sons that are military age and, and getting a few looks on that railway concourse, like people can look at me and know that if I was Ukrainian, I better not be fleeing. I better be staying to fight. And anybody between the ages of 18 and 60, if they're towing a piece of luggage, I think everybody assumes that they're a foreign national because otherwise they don't belong there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's heavy. 
It is heavy. So how long are you going to be here in Ukraine? Uh, I think that remains to be seen. It'll be at least three weeks. It could be as long as five weeks. Okay. So the most important question is who's taking care of us, Dr. Hagen? <laughs> You've got that great team with <laughs> Carmen and Dr. Kimbrough and Dr. Chittister and all of our terrific nurses. It's so true. It's so true. But we, you are just so precious to all of us. And, um, uh, you know, so I'm leaving tomorrow. But um, I know that everybody who is going to be listening to this podcast is going to be praying for you because you're so such a beloved person in our Samaritan's Purse family. And um, how how would you like for the Samaritan's Purse family to pray for you? I think just pray that I would be equipped with the knowledge and the skills and the love and the compassion that that I need in that moment with the person who's in front of me. And then, having seen what you've seen now here at the um, in in uh, wherever we are, Lviv, um, and at the train station clinic, how should we pray for the people of Ukraine? I think pray, praying for protection, praying for strength, praying for you know God's unfailing providence that we're, whether it be food or shelter or clothing or just that sense of peace in their heart and maybe the knowledge of where that peace comes from, that's probably as important as anything. You know, the Lord knows our needs far better than we know our own needs uh, and and the, the blessing is knowing how our needs are met and that it doesn't come from us, it doesn't come from our efforts, that it, that it all comes from the Lord. And um, it takes off a lot of the pressure when you realize that you'll be provided for because Scripture promises that. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much as you're preparing to go out to the train station another night and probably stand in the bomb shelter another night for who knows how long it's that's cold now seriously the, when you're out there at night it's cold that was cold yeah <laughs> the, the, this was the coldest morning in the bomb shelter uh, but fortunately it was brief it was only 43 minutes or something like that which was great when you're down there for two three four five hours the night before my first shift they were down there for five hours and and that has to get a little bit miserable you do a lot of pacing to stay warm, and it's it's not terrific fun, but it could be a lot worse. You know, you could be in the mud in a fighting position somewhere closer to Kiev or Kharkiv or Mariupol or one of those places. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just pray that Lviv doesn't become one of those places and that we're able to be here and help as long as possible, right? So... I loved hearing from Dr. Hagen, and I was convicted by his heart to run into the chaos and his obedience to follow the Lord wherever he called him. And I loved how he shared that fear and anxiety weren't emotions that he was feeling. And his honesty of feeling compassion and even anger, but not fear. And and again, it just challenged me that although I'm not in a conflict zone um, I can still let fear or anxiety rule my heart. And so I was encouraged to cling to the Lord and to be obedient to whatever God's calling us to do and to pray for those that are caught in the conflict. And I want to close reading Psalm 91. 
I know he mentioned this scripture in this passage, and it's one that I prayed many times over Edward while he was deployed. And I pray this over our Samaritan's Purse team and the people of Ukraine that are working during this crisis and during this time of uncertainty, and they're providing hope and salvation in times of trouble. Here's Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall by your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So continue praying. Thanks for tuning in. Pray for our teams um, and the people of Ukraine. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you.